This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are going to cross over to Genesis chapter 50 this morning, which means this week we're going to finish the book of Genesis. What a exciting finish to a book. It is it is a good time to celebrate. We began this journey during the COVID crisis and began a morning Bible study just to stay connected because of all the lockdowns and the shutouts and all the things that were going on during COVID. And we managed to journey through the book of Psalms and the book of Genesis, which in truth, I never was sure in the context of the church that I would ever be able uh, to teach through those two books just because of their size. And that being the case, I have enjoyed teaching through the book of Psalms and through the book of Genesis. We're going to go to Exodus because if you're going to preach through or teach through the book of Genesis, wow, you need to go to Exodus because Exodus is the picture of the New Testament believer as an individual. It's a picture of the New Testament church. It's a picture of God's work in his people in the New Testament. It is a beautiful story of a people being brought out of slavery into Egypt and been brought to the promised land. And it is a beautiful spiritual rendition of God um, opening up his will, his plan, and his grace and mercy and providing for us not only salvation, but the goodness of his character and his kingdom. And we're going we're gonna to have a great time studying through the book of Exodus over the next, I don't know, how long is it taking this? Probably the next year. But that being said, we got to finish up Genesis chapter 49 at the end in chapter 50. And we're going to tie those two chapters together this morning because they <clears throat> really the end of the chapter deals with Jacob's death and burial. And remember, Jacob's an important figure in Scripture, not because he's like his son Joseph, who is a type of Christ. Jacob is, he is the perfect picture of us as individual people, just as human beings, because he's got two names. He's got the name of his past, the name of his sinful nature. He's got that name Jacob, which means thief and liar. He's got the he's got the God-given spiritual name that's a picture of God's promises and God's work in his life. And that's Israel. What a beautiful name that is. And and he meets all the standards of, you can even read into that passage where Paul says, I find these two wars going on inside of me, the war with the flesh and the war with the spirit. And he says, the things I want to do, I do not do. And the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. He says, I'm at war in, in my inner parts, in my inner being. And he says, who can save me from this? And then, then he says, Thank be, thanks be to God 
through Jesus Christ that I am saved. I'm delivered from that. And Jacob is a beautiful picture of that. He lived selfishly early in his life, and his mom really taught him how to do it. And he finally, when he gets to the very bottom, to the very end of himself, and has to be has to be uh, placed on a journey back to his father's uh, homeland because his brother is likely to kill him. When that happens, Jacob finally meets with God, and then, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a struggle because the rest of his life is a real struggle. It's a real difficulty to figure out figure out his plan and his purpose in the kingdom of God. And he has to work for two sisters to be his wife. They fight. You've got the battle of the babies that goes on. His life is just a continual struggle and a continual work toward making him into somebody special. And let me tell you, the end of his life is great evidence that he ends up being somebody of importance and special in the kingdom of God, because he's got a huge family now. And that huge family is a blessing to everyone that they meet, even though his kids have not always been a blessing to him or to the people around them, they now are. And Egypt is blessed by them. And Egypt is actually being saved by them. And remember, Egypt's a picture of the world. So the world is blessed by them and the world's being saved by uh, the children of Jacob. And so he's getting honored at his death because he has lived that long, hard road that is the believer's life. And so what a perfect picture he is of a man, a human being, struggling through the sin nature and the natural sinfulness that we all deal with. And he, as we end his life, we need to honor him for that because as we see the people around him honor him for that because he overcame. He he became all that God wanted him to be, and he fulfilled God's purpose for him in this world. And we can always look back when someone is buried, when we do our funeral services, and trust me, around the world, they take on different forms and different functions and different ways we do it, different ceremonies. Here we have a real funny way of doing it in the South. I, I, I think it's in many ways unnatural. But one of the cool things about it is we do sit down and for a little while, for a few moments, we reflect back on the life of the person that we're, we're burying. And most every cultural service, cultural burial, I guess, tradition is takes on that form. They remember the life of the person that's there. Verse 29 of chapter 49, it says this, then he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people, bury with me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite. And he's talking about the field that Abraham had bought long ago, hundreds of years before this, actually 200 years prior to this. He says, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan. And he's got to tell them pretty specifically where it's at. And the reason he's got to tell them that is because it's been a long time since jo uh, Joseph's been there for sure. And it's been a long time since all of them have been there because they've been in Egypt for almost two decades now. And wow, what a they've actually been in Egypt almost three decades now. And when you think about it, he's got to tell them exactly where to bury him so that they can find the place to bury him. 
and he and also this is going to give us a marker as to where he's at throughout history it says there they buried abraham and sarah his wife there they buried isaac and rebecca his wife and they buried leah notice he is saying they have buried all the people that are important to me my my grandfather and grandmother my mother and father even leah is buried there and so the field and the cave that is there were were purchased from the sons of heth and when jacob had finished commanding his sons he drew up his feet which is a euphemism to wither and grow old he drew up his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people um that's a very sweet way of saying that he passed on and i think it's a very powerful way of saying it he uh, he told them where to bury him and that's a common thing also just a side note as we're studying through this that's a common thing also a lot of people uh, a lot of people want to have a say in what happens when they're gone and i know that that is of great importance to some people but the truth is that the funeral and what happens to your body afterwards is really not got anything to do with you the bible says to be dead in the bodies to be present with the lord which means that in the moment you die you're not really going to care about what happens on in your body with your body when it's gone you're going to leave this earthly home and go be in a heavenly home and in the in regard to funerals oftentimes we go to great lengths i think of lonesome dove and gus and his uh, his taking that long journey to bury a friend back where he started we do some wild crazy things in order to fulfill promises we make to those who are no longer here and uh, sometimes that's for the purpose of honoring them and sometimes it's just it's just it just ain't right and so then joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him you can see that there's great love and affection and obviously they want to do what their father has asked them to do and burying them in the cave where their family legacy is at is an important event it is a great event not only the children of israel but it's also a great event for the world egypt because they're going to they're going to put on a show and over the next few days we're going to look at how big a show they put on but you do need to understand that this is a a man who lived a life that not many people live and he lived a purpose and walked in a way that not many people have ever walked and his legacy and the results of his life they reach down to all of us today and we need do need to honor him a man who was born a thief and a liar and ended being the promise of God and the hope of God to the world. And so Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. Notice, they're going to use worldly methods. And so many times we get all caught up in, in family and I wouldn't do this or I'm going to do that or I'm going I'm to do it this way or that way. But these methodologies by which to care for bodies and take care of bodies after they're dead, that, well, they're far-reaching around the world. And if you're going to tell me that the way we do it today in America or the way they did it back then is more scriptural or right or wrong or indifferent, I'm going to tell you that there's not really, that, that argument's going to be difficult to be made. I've had so many people say, should I be... Uh, should I be buried or should I have my body burned in ashes? 
in the urn, and I tell them there's not a biblical reason to choose any of those options. The way Jesus's body was prepared would have been very different than the way the Egyptians prepared it. And the way the way the bodies would have been prepared before this would have been very different than they would have been prepared after the Israelites spent 400 years in the land of Egypt. And there are so many people, I think of so many of the soldiers who fought in World War One and World War Two, and Vietnam and all those places who you can't find their bodies because they were literally blown into vaporized. They just don't even, their bodies cease to exist in a second. And so that, what about those bodies? Do they have to be prepared a certain way? No, obviously not. Remember, we live in these, these earthly tents, the Bible says, these earthly tabernacles, and they're not, they're, it's not important. It's just really not that important. What's important is the faith that you've lived in and how your faith has not only affected your life, but affected the world and the people around you. And we're going to see, we see in verse three that, that that was true of Jacob. And I, we do need to give him a lot of love today. It's true of Jacob. 40 days were required for him, for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. Notice, the world mourned for him. He was mourned for 10 weeks, which is longer than anybody I can think of in, in a long in history. He was mourned for a long time just because he impacted the world he lived in, and he impacted it by faith. He's the man who wrestled with God. Uh, he's the man who uh, who had his name changed and had his hip touched. He's the man who, who brought about really what is the nation of Israel because of his name and because of his faith and because of his walk. And all that was not Jacob, was not God, was seen in Jacob, but all that was of faith was seen in Jacob also. And so when we think about Jacob's life, we need to remember that that it's not about what his body it looked like in a pine box, as we would say here in Alabama, but or any other method, whether they burn you on a pyre or whether they whether you're uh, put with a in a bag with a stone and dropped to the bottom of the ocean, which is a way lots of people bury, or even how the Vikings put you on a ship and float you out in the middle of the harbor and light the ship on fire and watch it burn. There are so many ways to get rid of these earthly vessels that we live in. That being said, uh, there's no way for us to have any purpose or any way to handle what God does afterwards because God's ways are spelled out in his word and they're based off of they're based off of his finished work and ultimately they're based off of how we react to that by faith. And so I praise God that's who he is and that's what he's doing. And I praise God that uh, our lives can be remembered. And most of the time they're remembered by the people who were affected by our faith the most. And uh, we need to live our lives each day in such a way that we change the world we live in by our faith. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
as you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.